evening. Hey, 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 John Schaefer. Woo! Episode number 28 of the Running Mullet. Hi, hello, good evening. Don't be late. Don't be late for episode 28, even when you have technical issues. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, John Schaefer, for coming on. You are our guest host of the evening while Eric Kosek is listening to his pre-race instructions for the Divide 200. So welcome onto the Running Mullet. And uh, for our first piece of technical issues, uh, totally forgot to get the file for our intro song. So ready? Episode 28. Episode 28. Don't be late. This is the running mullet. And if you're in the front of the pack or the back of the pack, it's going to be super awesome. Okay. Yeah. That was a great intro song. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. I know we got people just streaming in. Again, we are live Monday, uh, seven every every Monday at seven thirty p.m. Whether Eric's here or not, we go live. And here to sub in for Eric Kosek is John D. Schaefer, aka Wildman. We'll see how long that name lasts <laughs> through the episode. And um, all right, St start us off. Who are you? Why are you here? John Schaefer. Well, most recently, probably I'm going to say it was two months ago, I was at a race and I was mistaken for Eric Idiot Kozak. And I said, really? no, I have more hair up top. Yeah, he do. has more here down below. Uh -huh. And he has Wait, by down below, runner. you mean at the chin? Line. Beard, 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 chin level, chin level. Yep, yep. Above waist, <laughs> below chin. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I started running nine years ago. And uh, uh, Craig Fleming kind of adopted me because um, kind of like that stray dog you kick to the curb and the dog yeah. keeps coming back. He couldn't get rid of me. So he finally said, come along, let's go. So it's been and nine years since I've been trail that? running. How many stray dogs do you think Craig Fleming has? Ooh, quite a few. As a matter of fact, all of his dogs he's had in his life are um, shelter. They're, they're rescue dogs. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and including you. Including me. Yep. Yep. I, I'll tell you what. Um, my wife would attest to it that uh, I would probably stay. Not necessarily running didn't save my life, but it certainly changed my life. Yeah. So let's now here's what we're going to do today. I want to dive into that. And here's here was my idea for the show is I want to know what it's like, because one thing that I have not had the pleasure of doing, I haven't been able to run with you, sir. We, have not we need to make a date. We, we need to make a date for that. That's right. We need to uh, have a good fun run together. We haven't been able to do that yet. So I was like, you know what? I want to know what it's like to go out and run with John Schaefer, what kind of tips or stories or advice would he give along the way? So I think to everybody out there listening, I want to give everybody that experience. What would it be like to go out on a run with John Schaefer? But we're going to start with, start with why do you do this? And what do you mean by running? So running didn't save your life, but, but what did you say? How did you word it? It, it didn't it didn't necessarily save my life but it certainly changed my life changed your life how so and, and it how continues it? to change it just you know the mm -hmm. more I, I i delve into this whole trail running community um so many of our listeners are gonna real know this about me but any new listeners that may not know me um so two weeks prior to call the wilds nine years ago this will be the 10th running of the call of the wilds this october um a little shameless plug there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've not done it. I've heard really good things. And one of my athletes I convinced to run Call of the Wilds. I'm pretty excited she's running the 50th. Nice. Yeah. So I was going to say, this will be my fifth year as the RD for Call of the Wilds uh, 50K. So Craig, uh, he, he took me on board when I, I said I wanted to bring it back after he did it for three years, then let it go and did the 25K. And so this will be the fifth year that we've brought it back. So Two weeks prior to the first running of Eastern States 100 and Call of the Wilds Mountain Marathon, I got a DUI. 
and I drove home and like the entire police force of Jersey Shore, seven cop cars, like we watched them go up and down the driveway a bunch of times and they finally pulled in. And uh, I thought I did well with the field sobriety test, but now they cuffed and stuffed me. And as I'm being put into the uh, cop car, I could see the faces of my three daughters in the uh, our driveway door and one unhappy wife behind my three daughters faces. And I thought to myself at that moment, okay, this is not the husband my wife married. And this mm-hmm. is certainly not the father that I, I want my daughters to grow up with. So that night I made a, uh, a pledge to, uh, to quit drinking and change my life around. And so, uh, two weeks later, because, well, my wife finally did talk to me. She's like, well, why don't you sign up for that race? You've been talking about wanting to do a trail race. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. signed up. And that morning, as the uh, Eastern Staters were leaving, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these people are going to run 100 miles. And yeah. uh, here I am. I have never run anything more than seven or eight miles, and I'm going to attempt a 50K. You know, what in the world was I thinking? But that was the cool thing for me, I think, this year with Eastern mm-hmm. States is that uh, – Fast forward nine years and that very first trail run, you know, having self-doubt uh, whether or not I'm even going to finish a 50K and there's thinking to myself, there's no way I'd ever think about running 100 miles and, and to have uh, completed it and just, just wow. it was a surreal experience. It was, it was something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's what got me into running and uh, I just, I enjoy it. And sometimes... I come home from work and I'm a little grumpy Gretchen and my wife is like, go for a run. And it, it's, it's an outlet <laughs> for me. It's just, yeah. it's. Yeah. It's, it's wild how, how running can, can sometimes um, after something happens that snaps things into perspective, then it can be a way to refocus energy. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I usually have an overabundance of energy. So I'm focusing it towards positive things. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. And, uh, you know, since that time, you have not just refocused your own energy, but I think also um, just been an inspiration for a lot of other people out there. I mean, if there's if there's somebody who's loud at a race, it's probably John Schaefer. If it's not John Schaefer, if it's, if it's a female voice, it might be me. If it's a male voice, <laughs> I was going to say, either you or my daughter, Emily, when she's out taking photographs, because you typically hear her before you see her as well. So she gets that honestly. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. I've I've had a fun summer getting to know her a little bit better. Um, So uh, also some questions are coming through already. So I want to make sure that we get a chance to get all of these in. Um, Ben had asked, you know, rumor has it that you came from a farm uh, in Smallville, Kansas. Is that true? <sighs> no, actually, I was born in uh, Stamford, Connecticut and moved to PA. I think, when I I think was, the question's uh, not quite right. I think you were found, I was found, found at a farm in Smallville, Kansas, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not right. That's there. right. <laughs> <laughs> and also related, why are you never seen in the same place at the same time? Maybe just like Batman. Just trying to stay ahead of the crowds and those that are after me. So (laughs) trying to stay one step ahead. Yeah. Well, I think like superheroes, you're seen as a superhero and inspiration to so many people out on the trails. Um, So that's that's pretty awesome. Just say thank you. Say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's let's get into let's get into some trail um, trail ultra road whatever kind of uh, advice. If let's say we're out on our run together, ready? This is well, okay. where would we go on a run? Where would you take? Where would you take somebody? Well, if you came up here, we yeah. definitely go up. We definitely go up Pine Creek. I mean, Zindel, I like, but especially when I don't want to be around people because, you know, Zindel is very popular. I, uh, I like either Ramsey or um, Gamble Run is probably my favorite go-to spot because you can get some real quick elevation and short miles. And then, you know, you can reward yourself with the swimming hole. So, there you go. I like, I like that idea. I yeah. love the water. So 
And when you say up here, Northern Pennsylvania, right? Correct. Yes. Yep. Yep. Northern PA. If we came down here, I would, um, you want something, uh, more, more technical or more runnable? No, see, I like the technical. The technical. Yeah, that's what I thought. For the birds. <laughs> so I'd probably, I'd probably take you to the four bitches. That's probably where, where I'd take you. That's where we'd go. We'd hit up the four bitches, um, which the four bitches is a section of what's Shanks to Shanks, Shanks Mare Outfitters to Shanks Ferry Road. That's probably what we would do. Nine miles of torture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that because, you know, you go for a road run or something. It's like, yeah, you get done. It's like, okay, I did my miles, but you know, if you get beat up and you're out there, you're breathing hard mm -hmm. and you trip, stumble, scrape the ankles. Yeah, then you know you've done something. Yeah. <laughs> Come out a little bloody. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we have our location set. If, if We're running together. And what if I'm saying? Oh, okay, prior. Prior yeah. to running. So if oh. you say a time. So if you say that we want to start running, we want to be on the trail at 8 o'clock. Tell me 7.30. Just, just, just. <laughs> Tuck okay. that away. Anyone that's run with me will will definitely, uh, yeah, they'll they'll testify to that one. If that's probably a good thing. So you're gonna be late. Okay. I'm gonna be ten, ten minutes. minutes. I'm yeah. gonna be fifteen minutes early. You just yeah. You, you just never know. know. You never that's know. Like I, I, I mix it up once in a while for Craig. Yeah. You know, if he tells me we're gonna meet at seven thirty, sometimes I show up at seven fifteen or seven o'clock and. Yeah. Uh, usually though it's more like 735 or 740 but <laughs> now here's what i will say while you're waiting for me um you'll hear me before you see me you'll hear my my music from my car i was gonna say well not not so much my music but you'll definitely hear the horn you'll hear me coming yeah you, okay. tessie or adam cole would will um testify to that that yeah you'll definitely hear me before you see me yep. yeah i like to announce <laughs> all right come on just give me a little grace there <laughs> all right all right so we we got there we're starting at eight right right okay none of this early no 5 a.m runs yeah, i like I to like go that. early yeah i like to go early but you know eight o'clock's fine no, eight's, so. good. eight's good we could yeah. we could do like a seven a seven thirty but let's okay not let's not push it let's not okay push it. all right let's not not, not, not get too crazy like six or something no okay Ooh, gross okay <laughs> i like my sleep sleep is important and you know i i think and let me ask you this like um how important is sleep to you and to like preparing for races and training and all that how much do you prioritize sleep you know, it all depends on what time the start time is, but I like to get, it's nice to get six hours. Normally it's more like five hours sleep, but six is like an optimum number for me. And I, I function well on six hours. Oof. I need eight hours of sleep. I can't, I struggle with sleeping before races. Um, but to some extent, and I've, I've heard um, studies on this, to some extent, the night before, if you can get a really good night's sleep, then then you're in pretty good shape. Um, but I, I struggle to sleep the night before. Usually I get eight hours of sleep and I can sleep anywhere. That's one of my superpowers is I, when I was doing the horseshoe, my attempt at the FKT, it was literally like noon and i just laid down with my head on a rock in the middle of the trail closed my eyes and fell asleep like i i can just <laughs> i don't need to be comfortable it doesn't have to be a certain time of day i can sleep sitting up uh so that's super fun <laughs> yeah. there's pictures out there of me falling asleep in various positions um you know my pacers at the end of Eastern States, I wanted to lay down for five minutes. We yeah. were uh, on that flat spot of the mid-state, past Hackett, and mm -hmm. you're going through some nice pines, and there's pine needles down. The sun was bright in the afternoon. So just give me five minutes just to lay down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we don't have time. 
So when I finished with an hour and 45 minutes to go, I said, we had five minutes for me to close my eyes, but that was all good. Yeah. Uh, I, so yeah, sleeping, I think sleep's a huge priority. And for me, um, you know, I, I've especially had to, um, to do this lately. My work has been pretty hard. I've, I've had to choose sleep versus joining group runs. So I've been doing more solo running just because I'm working so much right now and it's all good work. Um, and I'm, you know, frankly spending time with my husband, which is good. So between all those things, yeah, like priorities and then, and then there's not the time left over. And and so I just end up sleeping in, uh, not sleeping in, but just prioritizing sleep and getting a full eight hours instead of trying to cut it back to, you know, five hours and do all the things. And um, I don't know. I think sleep's super important. So. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because if not, then you don't see me for a day or two afterwards because I'm catching, trying to catch up on that lost sleep yeah. after a race. <laughs> uh, another question came through. I love all these questions. Uh, have you ever fought someone while they were trying to steal your pot of gold? I've chased a couple people off. Yeah, yeah I've chased them off. And then just <laughs> tell them, you know, don't be greedy. I'll be more than glad to share. Yeah. But, you know, you don't need to take the whole pot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind that's of fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair. fair. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so when does Rock and the Knob start? This question came through about a 7 a.m. start for Rock and the Knob. You know, I am unable to do that this year, uh, which is actually, I believe it's this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Yeah, I think it is because we've got a family reunion and then a surprise 50th yeah. wedding anniversary. So, yeah, my whole day is consumed. So I'll make it out there one of these years. Yeah, same. That's I like hard. a good challenge. Rocking the knob is this weekend. Oh, man. I thought so. I hear good stuff about that race, too. It's so hard to get all the races on the calendar. What do you have next on your calendar? Oh, this Sunday, uh, the 20th anniversary, the 20th running of uh, the Dam Half oh, um, by okay. the Mid-Pen Trailblazers. So, yeah, and they're going to do a, uh, a finish on the beach. So you've got the option to stop in the sand or just to keep right on going into the lake. So it should oh, be a good boy. time. <laughs> keep uh, on going into the lake. Every time. That's right. No matter the weather. That should always be the answer. Uh, Are you doing Boulder Bees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm still I'm still on the fence whether I'm doing the 25 or the 50 because okay. uh, they both have their pluses and minuses. Like you do the 25, you get done sooner, and you can enjoy everyone's company and the food and the party afterwards. And, uh, but at the same time, you do the, the 50, the longer, you know, the people you get to run with on the trail is cool and, you know, it's there's so many races like that. Like I, I, I think it was three years in a row. I did frozen snot, the long course. Mm-hmm. And then one year I decided to do the short course and it was amazing because I got to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ended up, I ended up hanging out with the Luberas and talking to them for a while. And, and I just had a great time. And I was like, why have I been doing the long? Why course? I do the long one? Exactly. But uh, I think that yeah, race so, like that, and then Heiner. You know, I've I've done the 50k, um, but also I've also done the 25, and the 25 is like it's kind of great. I yeah. So we did Tessie and I did the 52 years ago, and that was when Carl passed away. Three mm-hmm. races ago now, two years, and yeah. then so last year, I don't know, two years ago. So three races ago is when Carl passed. Tessie and I were halfway through the 50K. And then um, two races ago, did the 50K on race day. And then last year, did the 25K. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) The 50K is a nice experience, but this is really fun being at the finish, cheering everyone on as they come across the finish line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My friend Lacey and I hiked the whole thing. And it was lovely. Like we kind of switched over to a jog for a little bit here and there, but for the most part, we just hiked it and it was awesome. So, uh, yeah. Lizzie middle daughter, uh, the one that started running with me when she was 12, when I started mm-hmm. running. So 
uh, kind of got out of it when she got into college, but her senior year here, she's got a pretty good schedule. So she's actually running the damn half this weekend and uh, she wants to do the Heiner 50 K in the spring. And I, she's like, you're going to run it with me, aren't you? And I'm like, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I get it. So, no. All right. Um, are you recovered from your great performance at Eastern States? Yeah, I surprisingly enough, it's like, you know, I uh, Kip's feet every year. I mean, they do get better as he's done it three times now. They they are getting better. It's they're still awful to look at, but like Mike Shutt, I ran with him for 20 some miles right after Lower Pine Bottom, pretty much to mm -hmm. Heiner. And like, you know, it was so awesome to see him come across the finish line. But like the bottom is his feet were destroyed. It's like, I don't even know how you finished on feet like that. But uh, I uh, I had no problems with my feet. Um, had a little bit of bruising on top because I had my shoelaces too tight. But um, mm -hmm. Steve Pagano saw him at Ritchie Roads. He showed me how to flex my foot and retie my shoes. and had no problems at Tome Flats. Then I, I took the Vaseline because I heard a woman two years ago when I was pacing someone in Eastern States, she was saying the best and the most amazing her feet ever felt was her crew didn't even take time to take her socks off. Instead, they just slathered, just gobbed. Basically, if you're um, packing a, uh, a wheel bearing or something, they just pushed the Vaseline into her socks and threw her shoes back on. She said her feet never felt so good. So you know, I did a complete clothing change. On the outside of her socks. Yeah, on the outside of her socks and threw her shoes back on. Yeah. So, um, it totally. So, for somebody who's never packed a wheel bearing before, how much Vaseline is that? It's a lot. Well, yeah, I just say, I, I don't know. I, I had a regular size, not like the jumbo size container yeah. that Jennifer had in my pack, but um, I probably used half of it on both of my feet, but I put it on before I put my socks on. But and I had no problems with my feet. And uh, actually, my cousin dropped at Heiner this year. He had real bad stomach issues. So Tuesday, uh, I had taken off Monday and Tuesday and uh, said, hey, let's run up Gamble. I said, let's just go up the swimming hole. We'll take uh, uh, my new running buddy. Uh, for those that follow me on Facebook, there have seen uh, Penelope, Penny. Um, she's an offspring of Skeeter, the amazing wonder dog of Matt Lipsy. Um, so she's five months, another month here, we can really get her out in the trails. We were taking her, you know, two, three miles and you do hike walk with her. But so my cousin James and I, we just did four miles up, um, gamble on Tuesday after Eastern States and had no problems that Saturday I went out with Emily. She was photographing, um, Bob Bowers cook forest. And I said, Bob, I said, you have an extra bib. He's like, are you going to run? I'm like, I don't have anything else to do. Emily only brought one camera. So I, ran that with uh with dan kozak and had a good time so yeah i really had no problems everything for someone that isn't a serious runner per se just i had a great weekend at eastern How are you not, everything you went well a serious runner what what's the definition of a serious runner if you're not if well, running eastern states is not for serious I, runners Okay, then maybe maybe I shouldn't shouldn't have used serious runner. Maybe we should have went with there's two camps, maybe two 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 uh, two different types of runners. There's those that are very regimented that you know I've got to do X amount of miles per week, and then a week and a half leading up to the race, I start to taper, and you know I only do so many miles, and then there's just those that just kind of go willy nilly, throw caution to the wind and. I did a lot of trail work leading up to Eastern States, but as we were saying before the show went live there, that uh, two weeks prior, um, a friend of mine who was running Eastern States for the first time this year, and he's done a lot of other hundred milers, but never one, he's traveled out of the state for him. So this was his first uh, first time doing Eastern States, which he was successful with. Um, we just did 28 miles from Ramsey over to Woolrich and back on the mid-state with a few detours here and there and um, did that overnight. And that was two weeks prior to the race and that was my longest. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. that would be a good one, Donald, because I'm telling you what, mountain of hope or mountain of despair, but that's a good race. It benefits yeah. a, it's a really good cause. So, Don, it's Don, a real good cause. 
Don put put into the chat. I think you should take Gracie for a fun run on Mount of Hope half marathon here. I don't. I have never been there. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. If you travel eighty from fifteen and you get off at the Salona Mill Hall exit, you come through the Narrows and you look over to a a Boulder Field on your right, right before the uh, Mill Hall exit, and it's not like a Boulder Field like. Boulder Beast is, or you've been to um, Barb's KMA on uh, over in Zindel, those rocks don't move. <laughs> the Boulder <laughs> Field on Mountain of Hope, they move. Oh boy. So it's, uh, it's a good one. It, yeah. You definitely know you did something uh, after completing that race. Yeah. So. Now, you did mention something that I'm not going to let you get away with. Um, you did some trail work prior to Eastern States mm -hmm. and um, I think you're well known as volunteering a lot for races, either before, during, or after the race. So what are some of the races that you get involved with and what do you do? And like, why, why do you do it? Why? Well, uh, you know, like I, I, I like to tell people that, you know, what trail running has done for my life. I could work every day on trails and until my, my, my last breath. And I still could not repay everything, the trail running community and just the people involved in the community has, has done in my life. So it's just the way in which I can give back because, and you know, it's funny because, well, I do it because, you know, there are trails I run, so it makes it easier for me and everyone else just to get to benefit from it. But no, um, and the more people you can get out to enjoy the outdoors, um, the better. It's like Lizzie, I want to say she was 14 one time and we were up Pine Creek and, you know, came across the waterfall and she's like, dad, this is just beautiful. Do you know how many of my friends will never see anything like this? Because yeah. they go to school, they go home, sit on their couch and they don't do anything. And so, you know, you make the trails more accessible hopefully it encourages more people to get out and use them and just see everything our state has to offer. And, you know, I've, I've run up in the new England States and, you know, we're fortunate enough to a bunch of us to go to Colorado last year and, you know, Colorado was beautiful. I'll go back in a heartbeat to run out there, but I really like where we live in North central PA. Yeah. I just, I, I really do. Yeah. And we have some great organizations too. I think, you know, for anybody out there who's not involved in trail work, um, there's a lot of organizations out there you can get involved. They have classes oh, yeah. um, and they'll teach you what to do, or you can head out there with somebody else and, and they'll show you what to do. Keystone Trails Association is pretty big. The Lancaster Conservancy is pretty big. Um, and even, the even the Pennsylvania DCNR, yeah. because if you go and fill out their volunteer form and you record your hours, but if you get hurt mm -hmm. volunteering for them, you know, they'll pay your workman's comp. I mean, it's kind of a cool deal. You know, it's it, 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 it's it's a good gig. So and, that's a uh, great idea. Yeah, it's you know, so, don't play with sharp things. Uh, well, you, you know, our recreational forester up here on the Tide Otten State Forest, Ben Sands. You know, he offers the chainsaw class. And I forget how many we had, um, and that was from. Uh, Allegheny trail runners and then a bunch of us from the trail dogs the last two years. And he's, he's put quite a few people through that program. It's like mm -hmm. an eight hour day where you have some classroom instruction and you have hands on and yeah. um, it, it's, a, it's a really good thing. And, you know, someone that's been in the woods with a chainsaw for 15, 20 years, cutting firewood and being in the woods, I actually learned some stuff. So yeah, <laughs> and I, think, I think even if you're not cutting up logs, like there's, more often than not, the work that needs to be done is like cutting back grasses with a weed whacker, you yeah. know, so, yeah. um, and there are, uh, and when you talk to these organizations, there's a lot of people who maintain them already. If they can be broken up into smaller sections, all the better. I think a lot of the people out there who um, adopt sections of trail, a lot of them have extra, maybe not extra time on their hands, but more time because a lot of people who are retired and so it's it's up to the next generation to go learn how to do all of these things. Yeah. Um, my husband and I took a piece of the Mason Dixon Trail. We have a two and a half mile section 
And you don't have to know how to cut logs for that. So neither one of us is certified yet. Um, we report any downed trees to the next person in line. So that's Dave and Roxanne Strine. And we just let Dave know, hey, there's a tree down. He takes care of the tree. But then we cut all the grass back. Yep. We um, clean up any trash. And we report those sightings. So we um, maintain that piece of trail, even though we're not certified. So there's a lot of work to be done for anybody out there who's interested, even if you don't have a, I'd say like when there's a storm that happens, there's a lot of down trees. But other than that, it's a lot of cutting back grass. That's important though, too, that when you're out on the trails and you're just out for a run and you mm -hmm. see issues and stuff, it's good to let someone know because that way, you know, we're not wasting time looking for work because there's plenty of work to be done all the time. But it's like, hey, you know, I was just over on uh, Spike Buck and there was three trees down about the middle. So, you know, whether you want to come in from the top or the bottom, but there's three pretty good sized trees blocking the trail. It's, it's just good to know. And that mm -hmm. way it's easier to keep the trails maintained and clear. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, and I think, um, I think reporting that stuff super important, but man, if once a year, this is, this is my recommendation once a year, if, if everybody involved could go out and clear some trail, uh, volunteer for a race, crew somebody and pace somebody, you know, if you do one of each of those things like that, really that's, that's given back. So well, much. yeah, and running races is, running races is great it's fun um yeah. but it is so much fun to uh to, to to work an aid station like you said mm -hmm. or you know just even be at the start finish line to cheer people on with a cowbell i know john johnson you don't like the cowbell but you know for the rest of us that do <laughs> just wear your it depends on the race. Um, <laughs> frozen right. spot, i'll take the cowbell at the top that's yeah. right well i remember the first year i did it you know they carried that big gong up i'm like oh my gosh yes. Is there a church bell? Is there a church around here somewhere? <laughs> but yeah, that's all fun stuff. But yeah, yeah this I, I, I think I would challenge anybody next year when you're making your bucket list or your your annual goals and you want to PR your 5K or run your first hundred, add to that list, uh, do a trail work day, crew somebody, pace somebody, and uh, volunteer at a race. That's my recommendation. Absolutely. Great recommendations, Grace. I, I couldn't agree more with you because it's just, I don't know. It's, it's neat. It's rewarding. Like you said, when you pay someone to see them finish, and you're like, I had a small part in that and their yeah. success, you know? And uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I think you learn a lot, just like Eastern States this year. I um, of course was head crew for Laura and uh, I learned, I don't know that I ever want to do that race. <laughs> I, I DNF'd it twice. And now that I've seen it all the way through to the finish by crewing somebody else, I'm like, you know what? I think I might be good. I think that uh, I think that's as much as I need to see of it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, and that's what people ask me if I were to do it again. And I don't. I don't think I need to. I want to definitely be a part of it, you know, whether, like you said, it's working an aid station, pacing mm -hmm. someone, crewing someone, you know, yeah. be, definitely being a part of it. But um, for me, I, I'm good. You know, I did it. And uh, yeah. like I said, I don't know if I would ever have it was just. Oh, it was something coming off Panther and, you know, you, you break into the open there, you hit the hard top pavement and you come into the lower end there and you know, coming across the grass and I was seeing people that, you know, aren't typical runners, but they were there to, to cheer me on. And, you know, just, you know it was, it was something. It was, I bet. Uh, it was, it was very, it was very humbling. You're good very for humbling. You're good for the year. You don't need to do anything else. That's right. That's right. Alicia Lehman said, how often do you come across snakes? That's a fear that holds me back. Well, just wait till fall here wait wait another month or two and you'll be good to go um till march april but you run across them but by and large 
poor rattlesnakes get a bad they, 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 they get a bad rap because I've never really maybe once or twice in the nine years I've ran have I run across like an aggressive one by mm -hmm. and large they just they just want to be left alone you know take a picture of them or two and and uh just keep going I think um, I probably run across them maybe twice a year uh personally and I here's what I always look for is is like snake conditions i remember i was running baker and there was a, a point of the day where it was just nice and toasty warm and and there was this section of trail that was going through the grass and it was nice and mowed in the middle and it was high on either side i'm like man this is this is where <laughs> this is like snake country Absolutely. And I, I started watching my feet and sure enough i it was a small one um i saw a snake go by and i'm like yep that's probably the only one i'll see of the day but yeah yep, that, that snake yeah. condition and you get back into the shade and i'm like well i'm not going to see a snake you know right. they they have certain conditions that they like to hang out although the next two sticks you step on or trip over kind of startle you after seeing a snake but you know it's all good yeah yeah i think for me um ticks ticks scare me absolutely absolutely i would deal with 10 angry rattlesnakes over a tick ticks right. freak me out yeah um, I'm, I'm scared of ticks and i just personally i think bears and snakes are pr probably much lower on the list higher on the list is ticks dehydration and um be, what do you call that when you're really cold? Hypothermia. Yeah, hypothermia, hypothermia dehydration, and ticks. Those are probably my top. Scarier. I never, I never really went past one, ticks being number one, but yeah, dehydration. <laughs> Let's list all the scary things, John. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. When we were out in Colorado, oh, we were on uh, – Cherokee Mountain and it was a hot day. Oh my goodness. And there wasn't a lot of water and we all ran out. It was awful. I mean, anyone that ran that race that or that run that day, they had a uh they had a nice comfort facility in the parking lot and it was air conditioned inside. And I think we were all laying on the concrete, just ah <laughs> but it was bad. The last three miles, none of us I don't think had water and it was hot because it was basically yeah. like prairie conditions there with no trees yeah but yeah so dehydration that's a good one yeah that's really thought that about that one much yeah, yeah. and alicia yeah. had added in here i almost stepped on a rattlesnake um so i mean that can absolutely kind of freak out a little bit it's definitely had that effect on me before and i think it's i think it's just getting out there over and over and and uh knowing that it's a fear and and sometimes you you know it's a fear and then you do it anyway it's just yeah. like i think it's real similar to you know if you're in a car accident and it shakes you up for a little bit you know oh, absolutely but you've got but there again though you've got to get oh. back you know back in the like the horse that bucks you off you got to get back on the saddle because the longer you wait i think that fear just grows and intensifies so you yeah. got to get back out there yeah yep. name them talk to them a little bit that's right. That's right. And plus, Alicia, don't go by yourself. You always go with a friend and make that person go first. See, that's my problem. I'm always in the front. That People do this to me. They're like, I'm sick of cobwebs. Go ahead, Grace. That <laughs> just happened with Adam the other day. I'm like, can you jump up in the air or what? Because I'm still getting whacked in the face by these things. Gotta carry a big stick. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, running out of toilet paper is scarier. Oh, man. I had one particular experience that was awful. I was with Julia and she had, thankfully, she had provisions with her. I did not because it was only a, I was like, ah, it's just seven miles. No big deal. But I was not going to make it. It wasn't going to happen. There was going to be, there was going to be a sacrificial sock or a sacrificial buff. Well, yeah. I know, not, knock on wood, it's only ever happened to me once. And it was at uh, CJ's Resolution. And that is I such even, a short course. How did that happen? Oh, gosh. I think it was kind of a ham and cheese sandwich with mustard on the way over. Uh, yeah. it, probably not the best breakfast food, but I didn't even make the first lap. And I'm like, before I crossed the arches, they're yelling at me, where are you guys? I said, 
I'm going to go to the bathroom. Just let me alone. So I was fortunate that, you know, they have the bathrooms open there, but yeah. oof, that was rough. But yeah, that's, that's the only time. I mean, knock on wood that I've ever had that problem. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had some close calls. I've, I've had some <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> uh, uh, some other good ones coming in here. Uh, bees. So John had said bees, yellow jackets, and nest in the ground this time of year. I, I just got stung on my neck. Um, you can probably see it. It's a little bit red. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was Saturday. I was doing hill repeats at High Point, and I got stung in the neck. Yeah. So and next time you get stung, I gave this uh, at Happy Dutchman. There was a poor guy that came in. He's like, hey, I got nailed like three times. I can't take the one on my foot. I'm like, and I, <laughs> he was desperate because my dad, three weeks prior, to that, I got stung by a, a bee on the top of my foot. It was just throbbing. It wouldn't stop. He's like, get that broadleaf plantain right there. Chew it up and stick it on your foot. Now, this is my dad. He's He is a farmer. So I'm like, I take with what he says with a grain of salt. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'm going to try it. But I picked the leaves, took them in the sink, washed them off, chewed them up, stuck. And they looked like silage. It was disgusting looking. But I stuck it on top of my foot. Within 30 seconds, the stinging stopped. So this poor guy at Happy Dutchman, it's like where everyone's standing. He's like, what plant? I'm like, well, right there's a couple. He's pulling the leaves. I, who knows what could have happened to those plants? He chewed them up, stuck them on his foot. And yeah, it quit stinging. So, and actually Which I swell plant? up and I Which really didn't even rest? swell up. It's called a broadleaf plantain. And if you don't treat your lawn with chem lawn or true green or anything <laughs> like that, you probably have them in your yard. Okay. All right, we're gonna have to find the recipe and put it up on the page. Yep. Pick them, yeah, yeah. put them in your mouth. Yep. Spit. Chew, chew them up and just stick it right on there. Not very <laughs> hygienic, but it works. Let me tell you, it's your and, it's your own saliva, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. And Don had said, you know, a yellow jacket one time it can sting you, and you can develop allergies. And I think that's the scariest thing. I know when I was running after I got stung, I was I was kind of like monitoring my breathing. I'm like, can I breathe? Yes, I can breathe. It's just because of the hill, I'm fine. Oh, you're not gonna be able to see. Oh yeah, there you go. There that's we a go. Broadleaf plantain. Broadleaf plantain. The... Chew them yep. up. Put them on your bee sting. Yep. Let me know seconds. if it works. That's right. Give us some <laughs> feedback. Let us know if it worked or not. <laughs> All right. What other tips do you have? What's some uh, of the craziest advice you've ever gotten? Or you thought it was crazy at the time and it really worked? <laughs> well, I remember the first time meeting Craig Fleming. Uh -huh. uh, a group of us had, we were up on uh, the mid-state spike buck over there at Happy Acres. It was the winter time. And Lizzie and I headed down Spike Buck, and I slipped on a flat rock and could not understand what I gouged my uh, shin with. So mm -hmm. we get down to the road, and I'm like, Liz, I got to look. And she's like, oh, Dad, don't look. It's bad. It was it was just this nasty gash. And uh, we finished out that run. I think we went to Waterville that day, um, and uh, which is part of the, the Call of the Wilds 25K course. And so the next day... Uh, Bill McConnell's like, hey, we're, a bunch of us are going to hire. You want to go along? I'm like, yeah, sure. I said, you know, how many miles we face? Like, oh, I'm going to cut it short. We're only going to do like seven or eight. I'm like, all right, I really don't need anything. Fortunately, there was snow in the ground because I didn't take any water. So I am eating snow and I found a banana on the trail and I carried it for like two miles. And Is this a banana from heaven? Just I, 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 I don't know if it was from a runner, you know, ahead of us or what, because it wasn't frozen. Wow. So I'm assuming someone had dropped out of their pack, but I'm finally like, okay, I'm eating this sucker because I'm not going to make it. But um, I ran into Craig as I'm walking up uh, the escarpment and he's like, there's no walking in trail running. I'm like, look, I can't even breathe. I'm glad I can still move forward. But that that was early on in my running career. But any good advice? Um, well, you know what? I'll tell you two tidbits. That, and it's true. And uh, Stacy, who was uh, he was my last pacer along with Lizzie. Stacy went from Blackwell to the end, and Lizzie we picked Lizzie up at the Barrens. But oh gosh, years ago he's like lengthen out that stride, lengthen out that stride. And then uh, another friend said, when you want to walk run keep running and you know what it, 
it helps and just keeping those little things in the back of your mind it's like okay don't run don't run or don't walk just keep running keep running even if you slow your pace down a little bit but keep running and then you know when you get your energy back it's like all right lengthen that stride out and i don't know simple but they work and as i was telling you earlier what works for me when i do get short of breath is you know i go back to uh uh our lamaze classes there when they tell the women how to breathe and i'll do the two two quick breaths in and then a long exhale out and um mm-hmm. you do that for like a half minute to a minute it just it really helps to regulate my breathing so that's something that works for me oh, but yeah so. everybody's gonna have amazing runs from here on out they're gonna be <laughs> friends with all the snakes yeah that's right <laughs> oh uh, there's so many things. I think, I think that's probably. I I did not. I don't think I heard this advice. I don't know. This is my advice: is just to to go on runs with people and and learn from other people. Absolutely, that's, yeah, definitely. The most that I've ever learned has not been from websites. It's been podcasts, books, um, and running with other people and talking to other people. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I actually did listen to a podcast. I can't remember the gentleman's name who's an ultra runner. And he was saying, you know, you're doing 100K or 100 miler, he said, or, or longer distances. He said, if the course has a lot of water, he said, make a point to stop, whether you're wearing a bandana, a buff or whatever, and wipe your arms down, wipe the back of your neck, your face, your legs to, you know, yeah. keep your pores clear and get, keep the salt off of them. And I'll tell you what, I did that Eastern States. Every time we ran across water, I stopped and, you know, I, I doused myself. And yeah, like I said, I, I had a good weekend. I just, I don't I've know. I've heard that too. And I've, I've pushed up, I've been in some really hot, hot races, 95 degrees and been able to, to keep, um, to keep fairly cool by running cool water over my arms every chance that I get, every creek crossing. And it helps. Well, I was going to say, and even, you know, if I'm starting to get overheated and I can hear the the aid station up ahead, you know, if I've got any water left in my bottle, I'll, you know, squirt it on the back of my neck and my head. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it seems to help to keep cool your body down. Now, what about what we had a, we had a listener and I'm not going to remember, remember who it was. Um, somebody had um, said, you know, they were going for their, getting ready for their first 5K. And so I want to hear that. What is your advice to somebody getting ready for their first 5K? Go out and have fun and go balls to the walls till the wheels come off. Because <laughs> you're going to finish it, even if you got to crawl across the finish line. But go out and have fun. Yeah. Go out and have fun. I love that. Yeah. If it's an if it's an out and back, um, I think especially in road races, people don't expect it as much. Um, but my suggestion is to say good job to everybody. Oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! That's, I mean, yeah. There again, it's, I'm always encouraging. But yeah, that's one thing about yeah. the 150k because it loops back on itself. It's yeah. great. It's just neat. It's like uh tessie and i we were just coming to the infamous v as reagan's coming up the other side you're coming back and we're like oh man and then we passed i think adam that year was running sixth or seventh we passed him and it's just it's fun because you're cheering them on because they're crushing it it's just yeah like oh we we have a lot to do to get back to where they're at now yeah yeah it's fun it was not last year, but the year before when I was hiking with my friend Lacey, Keith was doing the 50K. Keith Query, mm-hmm. who everybody knows. Yep, Keith yep. Was, he was doing the 50K. He comes up behind me. I was like, oh, Keith, awesome. I'm like, you can go ahead and pass us. He's like, no, I want to hang here with you for a second. I'm like, awesome. So we caught up really quick. And then we get to SOB. And then he starts running up it because he, you know, he was feeling good, got a little bit of a break there. And then I run up it behind him and I didn't run as far as he did, but it was cool because we got to, um, he was doing 50, I was doing the 25 and we kind of uh, paired up. So uh, it's always fun to do that. I think that's one of my suggestions to people who are transitioning from road to trail. It, It is odd when you first do it, when you first switch from road to trail, you don't realize that it is customary to say hello to everybody you pass. Oh, absolutely. Every single, if you are passing a group 
if they're in a cluster, you can say, uh, good job runners or something like that. But if you, if they are spaced out and there's 50 of them, you say hi to everybody. Every Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So, so um, call the wilds last year, before you come down on the 44, you come into a hollow. So you, if you're headed down, you can see the people that are coming into the hollow and mm -hmm. Sam Weaver wrote a smoker, the two of them, rah, 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 rah. you can hear the two of them before you see them. And yeah. I'm like, I know those voice. I look over, I see them. I'm like, Hey ladies, how you doing? Hey, rah, 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 rah. I'm like, yo, pretty ladies, how's it going this morning? <laughs> nothing. And then finally I'm like, yo bitches, how's it going? They're like, oh, Schaefer. I'm like, Seriously, I'm trying to pay you two compliments. Like, we're not used to people calling us ladies. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's my advice for anybody going for their first 5K is to absolutely just have fun with it, just soak it all yeah, in, take all yeah. the pictures, and then and then uh, sprint the finish. I think that's yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and meet new people, talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird, though, when you switch from road to trail and you can see there are some trail races that are a little more conducive to you tend to see more um, road runners or first time trail runners. And and you're like, you can t if you've been doing it for a long time, you're like, oh, they, they probably haven't done this before. I haven't done a lot of trail races. But I so I, I think if it's your first trail race, just know that you will say hi to a lot of people a lot of people are going to say hi to you or a lot of people and you're like why are these people all saying yes <laughs> why are they so friendly yeah i think i think it weirds them out in the beginning some some people you know some people are, are all for it but um it is a, a little strange i think another one I, here's another thing that i've seen and i've heard people talk about this at races um there's a, a particular race that i do uh, and it tends to attract a good chunk of, of road runners. And I heard a conversation out on the trail. Um, there was somebody who was very upset because they were running right behind somebody and the person in front of them didn't move. And um, and they didn't say anything. So they didn't oh, say exactly. on your left. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and in road running, if you're running right behind somebody, um, usually the person in front of you moves out of the way, but in trail running, that's not the case. No. It's the opposite. Um, and I had, I remember the first time this happened to me, I was running a, a, my first 50 miler and I almost moved out of the way for this guy who was behind me. And he said, don't you go anywhere. You are pacing me right now. And I am miler, and I've got a long ways to go. I'm not in a good place right now. And I need you. Well, that's cool. That's like, nothing okay, wrong with that. right, I'll stay right where I am. And I learned that in trail running, you don't move to the side unless somebody asks you, on your left, on your right, can I get past you real quick? You're actually not supposed to move. Or if so I hear footprints or footsteps behind me, I'll be like, hey, when you went around me, just let me know. You know, and it's like, mm -hmm. they're in a hurry. They're feeling it. Like, I'll just step off to the side. Like, yeah, I got to pass you. I just get yeah. out of the way for them. You know, I just, well, I, I think you can, but sometimes the person behind you doesn't want you to move. Right, right, that's absolutely. Well, and that's what they'll say too. Oh no, you're fine. I'm fine. Right. I followed you. It's like okay, right. And uh, and, and yeah. I also learned through experience to not turn around and ask, um, no. "Do you want me to move?" Because that is when you will trip and fall. Trip and fall on a root, a rock, or yeah, just, and, and yeah. hit mm -hmm. your patella on a rock and stop running for two months. So. <laughs> So what I tend to do is I'll wait until I hear them and then I'll say, let me know when you'd like to pass, yep. Yep. I think is appropriate. But I think for those people who are, you know, they're gearing up for their first trail run, just so you know, it's a slightly different rules out on the trails. A lot of times somebody will not move over unless you ask them to, but it's because they're right. doing, they're trying to be nice. They, you right. Might, right. they think they, that you might like their pace. I'll tell you something else being, we just came off of this past Saturday. We wrapped up the, uh, our kids series with uh, small foot. 
down in Mifflinburg at uh, Camp Mount Luther. And I'm telling you what, just getting into trail racing or something and you're not so sure about it, go to one of the kids' races. Because Mm -hmm. one, it just, it's refreshing. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, more adults should act like these kids out on the trails because like they're just there to support one another. Come on, buddy, you can do it. I mean, there's a little six or seven year old saying this to his little friend, you know, and it's just, you know, two little kids holding hands, helping one another. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. I have a lot. Well, because I dress up as a pirate and get to squirt people. So, you know, (laughs) come on out and volunteer or, you know, just be on the course there just to watch these little kids. And we had over 200 this past weekend. It's just, it's a really cool thing. It's just, yeah, it's, it's it neat. is neat to see all the kids getting into the sport. Um, and I love this comment that that came in. I ran for a bit with two Roadrunner guys up at Sproul this year. I had a fun conversation with them. And absolutely, I think, I think if you can, um, I try to engage conversation with those people who I'm like, man, they, they've got their headphones in on a, a 10K and, you know, maybe maybe I can kind of lure them out a little bit. And certainly I wear headphones, too, on, on some races, um, but try to try to pull them out a little bit. And I think only because I had awesome people who did that for me. There was a woman um, I ran KTA. KT, was it KTA? No, it was Iron Masters. Iron Masters 50K. And her name was Michelle. And she was just amazing. And she really, like, started to show me how fun a 50K can be. And I think that's a, another big difference is road, a road run. A lot of times, you know, you're trying to hit your PR, you're trying to hit your pace. And so that's just a different, a little bit of a different mentality. And it's a, you know, nothing wrong with that either. You know, you got to be focused, get your pace. That's cool. Um, but on, on trail running, you can hit your goal and, and have a little fun with it on the downhills and things like that. So I think that's another little difference. And, uh, and so it's great to, to kind of engage those folks. And if you're a road runner, if you're going to your first trail race, you know, don't be afraid to have some, some fun conversation. And if people talk to you a lot, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, and those that don't want to engage in conversation, I just that inspires them to run faster and they get away from me. So yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's okay too. I've certainly yeah, absolutely and I'm in my zone. I had I was running, so I was running Georgia Death Race, and I was really worried about cutoffs. I and I needed to if I start talking, I start slowing down. And I knew that I couldn't do that. So I was running with I was running. Um, and it was the, the COVID year. So it was an out and back that year and I'm running on the out section. We still, we haven't turned around yet. So I wasn't even half, I was probably like a third of the way through this race. So I'm still, I'm good with cutoffs, but I'm paying attention to it. And this guy I'm running with, uh, super nice guy. And he's just, you know, telling me about himself and he's from Florida and all that. And I find myself just a, just a smidge faster than him. And he starts saying, you know, we should run the whole race together. I really like your pace, all this stuff. You know, we should run it together. And I'm just a smidge too fast. So then we come up on this other guy and I was like, hey, you know, what's your name and everything? He says he's from Florida. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's from Florida, too. I passed him. I passed them both. <laughs> and I just kept going. <laughs> so sometimes, you, you know. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't leave him in the dust. You found him another running partner and then you yeah. went and did your own thing. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> so nothing wrong with running your own race either and, and certainly road or trail, but. Uh, if it is your, your first trail race, I, I think there's a couple nuances. I remember my friend Trish, uh, she's so great. She crewed me for my first 50 miler and she made signs for me and, uh, it was a looped course. So I came around for the loop and, um, and she at one point was like, I don't think they do this. I don't think they do signs in trail running. (laughs) I was like, occasionally, but not very often, no. Not a lot of signs. There's maybe more t-shirts and hats, but not not a lot of clothes. Absolutely. Oh shoot, man. This is this has just been uh this has been a nice long run. I I hope everybody uh listening, if you're listening um to this on the podcast on your run, I hope you had a great run. Listen to Schaefer and his stories, get to know him a little bit. Um, 
we certainly miss Eric and hope that he has an amazing race. Yes. He and Rhoda both. Oh, that's they, right. Rhoda's running yeah, the We have two Pennsylvanians up there representing. Yeah. Man, so, Rhoda Smoker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, have two, we, we have two idiots running the, uh, representing the brand yeah. here. So yeah, uh, they're both do well. I don't know doubt in my mind. Yeah. So wish them the best of luck. And happy that you were able to substitute. Uh, yes, thank you. Hopefully, Thanks. this will be the uh, the first of many substitutes you get on here. That you know, I, I didn't screw it up. I didn't didn't screw it up for any future guests. <laughs> <laughs> Guest host. <laughs> no, we uh, hope to have other substitutes, and of course, welcome Eric back next year with his rhymes and his. Next year, where's he going to be? Uh, next week. Now? Oh, okay. It's getting late. <laughs> all right uh, oh gabe had had put this in here um i what is this rumor about cj's john oh okay so um this so that and bring it from the beginning so there is a race called cj's resolution run which correct. last that, year was the last year for that yes, race. janelle had done it for 10 years yeah and you know, of course, many of you who know the story that uh, her son CJ has autism and she wanted to do something to bring more awareness to uh, children with autism. And so she started CJ's uh, resolutions. So she did it for 10 years and just, you know, it's been a good run and she wants to spend time, you know, with her children and uh, other interests. But Pretty big I event felt, in January. absolutely, I yeah. felt that it was too big of an event because it's kind of like the kickoff of the running season you know what i mean we come off you know november pretty much is the the end of you know the majority of your races and um you've got december and we get into january and it's like it's just a nice kickoff before the frozen snot and mm -hmm. um so i badgered uh joel heasley and uh the mid pen trailblazers there and we had a meeting and everything was on track to do it this year and then we had uh, a few unforeseen things happen with some of our uh, uh our, our core group that um we are going to postpone we don't want to rush it and, and do it half-assed so um it will definitely be on the docket for 2024 Okay. And we're, we are going to change the name. It's not yep. going to be CJ's. We are going to call it Loops for Hope. Nice. And we are going to still, it will still benefit um, uh, bringing awareness to autism. But then also we want to uh, bring awareness to mental health as well. So it'll be two great organizations that it's going to benefit. So yeah. stay tuned. And as we, uh, we iron out the details and everything, they will be forthcoming and we'll keep everyone in the loop. But unfortunately for 23, we were hoping to get it off and going. Um, it's not going to happen, but definitely so for, 24. for 24. You actually yep. mean 2025, it's going to be happening, right? Yep, we are in 2023 now. So yes, not yeah. 2024, 2025. Yeah, I'm not the only one. There we go. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so for 2025, and I yeah. and um after talking to um the former race director, like this is the the wish of the former race director is to go ahead and Marie Kondo kind of sunset the previous yeah. one, bring yeah. another one about that has the same format but with a new name. So this has all been done with like happy thoughts and vibes absolutely yep and as a matter of fact janelle's gonna be uh she's gonna be on the advisory board as to yep. what where that her uh amount of money gets apportioned to you know the families that she's going to see benefit from it so yep so awesome well can't wait to see it um 2025 20, 25. 20, just so you know laura lidecker and i are great race course proofers wonderful we that's our that's our job every year that's your job okay yeah. okay so that's what we want to continue to do and we also clean up the ribbons afterwards nice yeah and that's and there again that granted it's it's if the, the cold doesn't bother you that is a great race to do to introduce yourself to trail running 
because yeah. you know exactly. the course yeah. isn't real wicked but you know you can do as many laps as you want you can do one lap or you can do as many as you can in three hours and it's just it's awesome just to talk to different people throughout the, the three hours and i mm -hmm. i like it. it it's a good one because i'm not a loop kind of guy but that one is one that i do enjoy all right so. well that's plenty we talked well, about all the things john we're gonna have to have you back on again so we can have more stories we definitely have stories. We have stories. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on. And uh, Eric, go do more long races. <laughs> Eric, so you, can keep, do you, you, you can keep on inspiring us. You know, we can have guest host on. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe I need to go do some bigger races. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it and hope everybody can uh, see us live every Monday at 7 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, we're also on all of the streaming things, the Apples and the Spotify's, and uh, we have a Facebook group and, and all that fun stuff. And so tune in again next week when we talk to more cool people. Thanks much. Bye. Woo! Bye.